Welcome to Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry with Dr. Tanya DeSanto. Each week, Dr. DeSanto gives you advice and information on whether cosmetic dentistry is right for you and on the latest techniques to enhance your smile. Call in with your questions now at 629-7970-927-WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Let's get back to the program now with Dr. Tanya DeSanto. Doctor, good morning. Hey, good morning, Jim. It's good to be here. We were um, kind of giggling yesterday because we always try to um, go through our emails and our inbox and just topics to talk about to the listeners. Do you know, and I didn't hear this at all this morning um, on the newscast this morning, but today is National Radio Day. Did you know that, Jim? You know, it <laughs> popped up in my uh, in my Facebook <laughs> memories, uh, and every year I usually wind up posting something about the fact that I spent my entire career at one radio station, so I'll have to do that <laughs> obligatory post later today. Yes, you will. So we are like totally fascinated by this. I mean, I didn't know this. I feel kind of simple by saying this, but, you know, we sort of stay in our lane and really focus on teeth. But I really had no idea the history of radio. So I did. it was um, it began as a one on one method of communication by this guy, Dr. Frank Conrad. He was in Pittsburgh. He was like a ham operator and he had all these connections. So he would play these records. We, we read about him and he would play these records over the airwaves for just his friends. And it was just like, a, almost seemed like a walkie-talkie system in a way to me. That's how I, I kind of envisioned it. But this was, um, he took it and advanced it. And then this is the kind of thing Westinghouse had in mind. So they, um, they're one of the leading radio manufacturers. So they asked Dr. Conrad um, to help set up a transmitting station in Pittsburgh. So this was November 2nd of 1920. And so the station was called KDKA, and they made the first commercial broadcast. So they chose this date because it was election day. And so then the radio was proven because people could hear the results of the Harding Cox presidential race before they read about it in the paper. Those callers are still in use today. A very rare example of a station east of the Mississippi with uh, call letters that begin with the letter K. So yeah, great, uh, great, important uh, broadcasting station in radio history. So it's still there. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. We were so fascinated by it. So then they were, um, we, it was, um, they, I guess in 1927, they, the Rose Bowl football game in Pasadena was like the first like airwave, like they could listen to it over the radio. That was really cool. And then um, it got into like American homes and um, developed this like mass culture. And then they put songs on and the news and I couldn't believe it. I, I just didn't know any of this. I mean, I've been doing I've been on the radio without even knowing like the history of how this all began. It was really fascinating to all of us. We're like, wait a minute. And then look at what happened two years later. And then the Rose Bowl. And then we kept going on and on. It was just like, we just, I don't know, uncovered this big box. Hit me up whenever you want more tidbits. (laughs) I've I've got uh, all kinds of stories like this. This, by the way, uh... it fits in perfectly here because let's face it, how how difficult would it be to listen to the radio if we didn't have teeth? It would be very hard to understand what we were saying. So this all (laughs) fits in very well together. That's right. But anyway, we wanted to talk about teeth. So we are full. We felt like we've been in a dental emergency room for weeks in our office. It's just been a summer. We don't know if it's just because people have been sheltered for so long and they're just out and about going crazy. But, you know, um, soccer games, um, elbowing and soccer games out at the UIS field happen several times in one week. Um, golf carts tipping over, people at parties falling off stages, Illinois State Fair injuries, giant slide problems, 
Oh my gosh, the list has been endless, really. I mean, we've worked more hours this week than ever. So it's just interesting. Um, we thought, you know what, we need to talk about some basics because even if you have never had like a tooth fall out before, you may have a grandchild or you may have a partner or um, a child or a neighbor or something, this is going to happen to you, whether a tooth comes out. It's happened so much this week that we feel like it's a huge public service to review it just for a second. So um, if you don't think it can happen to you, think again, because according to the Center of Disease Control, which we've all heard a lot about the last three years, um, you know, they're saying adults between 35 and 44, that's the most common age range, 69% have lost at least one adult tooth. That's huge. So, you know, there are many reasons why tooth loss can occur as an adult. I mean, it can be trauma, gum disease, tooth decay. There's a lot of reasons. But we're going to look more closely at one of these and um, determine to our listeners what to do if a tooth falls out. So if the crown portion, which is the portion that you see when you smile, we call that the crown, the part that comes out from the gums, not the root that's up into the bone. But if the crown portion comes out, the part you see in your mouth, if that falls out, you save it. You, If it has a root on it, that means the whole entire tooth has fallen out. So you immediately call your dentist. There's always an emergency, well, there should be an emergency line at your dental office. So you need to call. That is really a true emergency because it may be savable. Um, if this is just the dental crown, the tooth crown, it may be able to, if it's the whole root, it's one story. If it's just the crown or if you have a cap on your tooth or something like that, that sometimes can be um, re-cemented. But we're talking about if the entire tooth, including the root, falls out. That's what happened at the soccer field all week. That's what's happened at the state fair this week. Um, this is a true dental emergency. You have the best chance of saving this tooth if you can get to your dentist within 30 minutes of losing the tooth. And that's a hard number. It's a hard 30 30 minutes. Because if it's 45 minutes or an hour, research has shown that they just don't um, integrate as well. If it's in within the first 30 minutes, it, it has a higher, higher success rate. So these are the steps that you follow. You know, you locate the tooth that fell out. You only hold on to it by the crown. That's why I specifically was describing that. It's the part that comes out of your gums, the part that looks like a tooth when you smile. You hold it by that part of the tooth to avoid damaging the precious root surface. You rinse, if it's got dirt or mud on it, which some of these teeth did, sand, um, gravel, things like that, rinse it only with cool water. Don't scrub it. Don't scrub your tooth or use cleaners on it. Um, don't clean it off and make it nice and shiny and clean. It It's just done then. What holds the tooth in are those precious little bloody fibers that you see along the root. Um, there, if there's tissue attached or hanging from the tooth, um, you just don't want to scrub that off. That's that's like the glue that is going to eventually integrate into your or attach itself into the socket and build its strength back up to hold it back into your mouth again. So those are just like the little arms that want to reach in and, and hold itself in again. So you, you put the tooth, if you can't, you know, there's been a couple of cases they couldn't get in within 30 minutes. Maybe they're in Lincoln or, you know, they're in St. Louis playing soccer, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, you put the tooth back in the socket where it came out. You gently bite on gauze and you need to hold on to it like that until you can get to your dentist, whatever time frame that may be for you. Um, 
if you're unable to put the tooth back into the socket, then you have to, there's a few things you can do, but the number one thing is you have to keep it moist. You have to keep it wet. Um, if you want to just lay it on a damp paper towel, put it in a baggie, that's fine. You want to place it in a cup of milk to keep it moist. These are all old wives tales. They're all fine. The bottom line is, is you not, you need to keep it wet. So, um, and not wet like under running water, but just so it doesn't dry out. You, like I said, again, you want to hold on to those tiny little, um, precious fibers. So those are the things that you do as the person that, you know, watches, you know, maybe you're taking care of a child that this has happened to you or it's happened to yourself. Those are the key steps. Um, going into emergency room isn't the greatest thing, but if you, if that's all there is, that's all there is. They, they will just do those steps that you can do. So I'm not sure it's worth waiting in emergency room for however many hours that's all they're going to do. You can do the same things. So, you know, nowadays, you know, you don't want to be in emergency room. You don't want to expose yourself to COVID and other things like that. Not only that, but, you know, the weights and prompt cares and ERs are, are tremendous today. So, you know, that's all you need to do. It doesn't have to be done in an emergency room. These are things you can do yourself. But the key thing is you just have to get into a dental office. There's That's the only way because we have to take it from there. Um, we put a splint on it. We secure the tooth with, um, it's a little mesh work with some bonding. It's like a little cast. It holds it in place for a couple of weeks. We x-ray it, make sure there's no fractures. We can um, seal any kind of cracks or fill the coronal portion or the, the white part of the tooth if there's any breakages. So there's the things that we will do and take it from there. So um, sometimes it's more than one tooth, like it happened this week. Sometimes it's a few teeth. So you know, those are hard. If you have more than one tooth, it's hard for you to put them back into the socket. That's really, usually if you have more than one tooth, that means there's probably other things going on. You might be bleeding, your lip might be cut. I mean, whatever injury happened for you to lose more than one tooth, I'm pretty certain there's other damage to your face as well. There's probably a need for stitches or um, things like of that nature. So you just grab the teeth and keep them wet, get to a dentist, you know, whether we suture you, stitch, whatever we need to do, whatever trauma has happened. Um, we would handle it from there. So this is why it's very important to have a dentist. It's very important to have a dentist that will see you for emergencies. And um, especially in summer, this is where it all happens. Um, we'll go months without um, any dental trauma and summer comes and that's all we have. So <laughs> it's just been a week. But anyway, it's really important. We thought very timely to bring this up. Um, if it's never happened to you, you know, you never know when your knowledge from listening to this will be needed in a sporting event, grandstands, friends, neighbors, family. So those are those are key things to have happen. And actually the results are pretty successful. So I'll fast forward from this. And most likely you have, you know, everyone has a nerve in their tooth that's connected to their body somewhere. You know, whether it's a lower jawbone or maxillary top arch, you know, it is connected to you via that nerve structure. And that nerve will probably die. It probably died the minute it fell out of your mouth. So it doesn't just come back to life when you put the tooth back in. The tooth can stay in, but it's essentially a dead tooth because the nerve is now dead. So at some point down the road, that tooth really gets darker because there's dead tissue inside the tooth and it gets a little more yellow and it turns, you know, a darker shade of enamel than all of your other teeth. 100% of the time, these teeth will need root canal treatments where that dead tissue is removed from the root and 
because there's no nerve anymore, what the nerve does, it supplies that nourishment to the tooth. It's full of um, blood, rich blood supply, um, artery, little arterioles and venules. It's all of the nourishment that the tooth receives through that chamber. So when it doesn't have that nourishment and it's dead, essentially, it gets very brittle and it dries out because there's no moisture and there's no, um, there's no, like I said, there's no nourishment to the bone. So it gets very brittle. The tooth can crack so easily. So we always follow up after a root canal with a porcelain, a beautiful porcelain crown. Once again, matching the shade of all of your teeth. And the, and the tooth essentially most oftentimes lives happily ever after. So that's the journey this little tooth will take, right? The first step is just maintaining the attachment getting the secure little fibers, grabbing back into your root socket so it's solid and firm. Once that happens successfully, then we look at the nerve of the tooth, get that treated. And once that's successful, then a nice, beautiful porcelain crown will go over the tooth. And those things all happen in time. Everybody is going to heal differently. The tooth is going to stabilize at different rates with different people, but they usually work out really well. So it's just all about those simple little steps that you take. Um, Back to Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry with Dr. Tanya DeSato, 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. And now back to Dr. DeSanto with the Prairie Dental Group. Doctor? Well, we've been having this really fun talk about dental trauma. It's not the most pleasant thing to talk about, but it's really not. It's really good for um, a knowledge base to have in case something does happen to you or yourself or your loved ones. And that we talked about when an entire tooth comes out of your mouth during some sort of trauma. But, but less trauma and something a little bit more common and a whole lot easier to heal from is what happens if you actually lose a crown. This happens, you know, dentistry 30 years ago when I was in dental school, I, I hate to say that it ages myself, but dates myself, but you know, we did metal-based crowns with porcelain over them. I did so many of these, it was state-of-the-art at the time. It's now almost archaic actually, um, but those crowns don't last forever. Um, the cements we used to use, they're not, necessarily long-term. They do, um, those crowns do become loose over time. We are just, our materials are so superior now. Our bonding agents, our porcelains, they're amazing. But, you know, there was um, a lot of crowns that are still walking around out there that are 30 plus years or older. And, you know, if you've ever had a cracked tooth, you know, your dentist has probably told you you need a crown. If um, you've had a damaged tooth or something like that, or maybe a filling crack off and you just can't refill it any longer. Unlike a veneer, a crown, um, the veneer only covers the front of the tooth, the crown covers the whole tooth. And that's where it gets its layman term, the cap, because it goes over everything and it helps support the weak or the damaged tooth. And nowadays, I feel like those crowns that made out of zirconia now will last forever. But it's possible that if you have an older crown, that it can come loose or even fall out. And, and these things happen all the time. So, you know, imagine the scenario, you, uh, the scenario, like if you take a bite, you feel something strange and lumpy on your tongue and it isn't really what you were eating. Um, you know, something foreign is in your mouth. It could be your crown is dislodged and it's floating around in your mouth. It, it's more common than you think. So if this happens to you, the most important thing to do is retrieve the crown so you can take it to your dentist. There's still a chance that we can clean it up and fit it back into your mouth with a newer new age cement. You know, we can use a newer cement with the 
older crown as long as the crown is still intact. A lot of times it's not necessary the, the crown that has failed, but the cement that we used to use. So we used to use cements and now we use bonding agents. There's a huge difference in properties with those two terms. So, you know, we don't necessarily use as many cements anymore. We bond them in, which is more of a chemical um, reaction that bonds into the actual bone. So these are things that sometimes we can use for your older crowns. And sometimes it's just time to replace the crown because sometimes when the crown comes out, part of the underneath tooth is inside the crown. So then all of a sudden it's a whole different situation because now there's really not enough structure left to put the crown on. There's like an adequate amount of tooth there. So we have to build it up and then go ahead and make the new crown. So if there's not enough tooth left to hold the crown in place, we just, you know, build it up, make a state-of-the-art crown, and the tooth lives happily ever after. So, you know, some of these causes of loose crowns can be decay as well. You know, the metal-based crowns of the past, when we take x-rays, we can't x-ray through metal. So we really don't know if there's a problem under the crown until the problem happens. So that means we um, take <clears throat> we take that crown off and then we see there's decay. So then we know why the crown came off because there was a little cavity brewing underneath that crown. So then we remove the decay, get the tooth healthy and strong, build it up, make a new crown. So these are just all types of reasons your crown can come off. Also grinding your teeth can, can you know, force a crown off as well. If you grind your teeth, your teeth can become damaged just as easily as a crown coming off. Grinding is just vicious to all parts of your mouth. So also sticky foods can pull a crown out of place if it's an old cement that's been there for a number of years. So there's a lot of reasons. Um, we basically have to assess each, each person individually, but you know sometimes you can get that crown back in your mouth with temporary cement. This type of material can be bought at like a local pharmacy drugstore or you know a big box store. You know temporary dental cement is a great thing. You can clean out the inside of your crown with some toothpaste and a toothbrush, and you can take a little bit of the cement inside the crown and kind of secure it back in your mouth until you get to a dentist. Just little tricks of the trade until we can take care of that tooth for you. So hopefully you've learned a lot today for dental emergencies and we're looking forward to joining you all again at next week's show. Thank you so much, Jim. And uh, doctor, let people know where they can find the Prairie Dental Group online and, and, and in Absolutely. person. Absolutely. We have a website, prairiedentalgroup.com, that gives you all kinds of supporting information. And then you can call us at 217-546-0412. Join us again next Saturday for Let's Talk Cosmetic Dentistry with Dr. Tanya DeSanto and the Prairie Dental Group here on 92.7 W.